Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. a Christmas edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Nice 5 p.m. tip, so it's actually still Christmas when we're released on the, uh, on the West Coast. Um, Marcus, did you see this comment tonight? Did you see, I, I was telling people pregame, I was guessing Warriors show up, they play spirited, they stay in the game, and Memphis just, you know, with Desmond Bain back, with everybody, probably pulls away. I think they were, what, eight-point favorites uh, by tip-off. Um, what did you What did you think was going to happen tonight? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was going to be a blowout. Really? I, I, yeah. You know, I figured. You know, uh, not just the in the famous Bob Fitzgerald first game after a road trip, first game home after a road trip. It's like another road game. Not, but also like they've never shown an ability to contain Ja. We just watched. Uh, Memphis like kind of destroyed Phoenix in Phoenix, and Bane came back and you know and he was looking really good shooting. Uh, I actually thought Dylan Brooks would be a bit of a more of a problem for Jordan Poole because he he doesn't have Steph to guard. There's no Wiggins, so he can just focus all his energy on essentially hacking Jordan Poole like he does with Steph. Uh, and I figure if you know if 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 you could take away Jordan Poole in this situation, like that's pretty much it. That's like the one playmaker. So it just it just seemed to add up to, you know, a struggle. Uh, I just I just thought you know Memphis would be too much without Steph and Wiggins. I just felt like that was a lot of points they didn't have on the board. So I was I was definitely surprised by it. I was, you know, even when they started hot, I kept expecting the fade to come, but they they actually played. I mean, it was just like another Boston game. I thought Boston was going to blow them out too. So, well, see, that's like where that. that's where I learned my lesson. Because guess what? You know, you mentioned Memphis. You know, crushing Phoenix and Phoenix. Boston had just whooped Phoenix, and I thought coming into that Boston ABC Saturday night game. Remember, Steph Curry's playing in that game. I thought Boston was coming in like motivated, need to send a message. You know, this team eliminated you last year in six games. Same as, you know, Memphis, I, I was assuming, was going to be extremely motivated tonight. Uh, but the Warriors just kind of stood up tall in that game, super motivated. Draymond Green's focus. Clay was great in that Boston game. Like, the veterans just brought a level of, like, just, like, championship, you know, oomph, backbone that I knew they'd bring tonight. Where I was with you on, I thought Memphis was going to win. Is like, you know, who's who's going to guard Ja? Well, okay, you know, Wiggins is not going to be out there. It's like, DiVincenzo going to try uh, to do it. So, uh, but but I, I I did think they were going to play well. Now the surprise of the night is Pool does get him going, but I mean, like they played a thinned out nine ten man rotation, 
and everybody was good. Ty Jerome was good. Anthony Lamb hit three threes. Uh, James Wiseman played like the best eight defensive minutes of his entire career. Kaminga was a plus 21. Moody hit a huge three the possession after Jordan Poole gets ejected uh, when you kind of felt, uh-oh, this might be a concern. Like, I just named all their – I'm not their normal bench players. I'm talking about basically what, what had been their third team, essentially, to start the season, not their second team. So um, that part of it was a surprise. It was like strength in numbers at, at a shocking time. Against, by the way, the deepest team in the league, some would say, right? I mean, Memphis is that oh, – that's what – yeah. Question. They got, they got guy. They got a lot of guys. They played what, ten guys? I think I, I think they had they had ten guys, uh, and they they didn't even. Uh, I think uh, Xavier Tillman, Warrior Killer Xavier Tillman, is out of the rotation basically. Yeah, he's been playing uh, Zaire, games. I know, right? Zaire Williams. Uh, he even got some action tonight. So, I mean, they they've got they've got some depth, but. To me, I think the 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 tone setter, the thing that changed tonight was Jordan Poole cooking Dylan Brooks. I, I, I just feel like Dylan Brooks tries to bully and this was a night where it was like, Okay, if Jordan Poole's having an off night, where do they turn? But I mean, Jordan is so, like, the competitive side of Jordan came out. Like, he was talking to Dylan Brooks. I thought that I thought that was kind of a – well, that that one thing, Jordan Poole essentially, like, letting the team know, like, we're, we're rolling today. Like, I got it going, so we're going. And even if it's Dylan Brooks, like, they're going to have to make an adjustment because I'm cooking this dude. To me, that was a big, big deal to set the tone. The other one was Clay taking away Desmond Bain. Like the way he was fighting over screens, Desmond Bain could not get a good look early. They were treating Bain like a lot of teams treat Steph. And I thought that really threw a, a wrench into their plans, into like what they could do. Uh, like, like Bain, now the Bain Warriors had, get hot, and they they couldn't even they couldn't even really match them. Really, they couldn't take off like they normally do. Bain had a comment last year, and I think it was uh, yeah, I think it was just in some profile piece, might have been like a Sports Illustrated or something. It's tattooed on Clay's back now, probably, huh? Basically, but <laughs> Bain was like, you know, I don't. I'm paraphrasing. Basically, like I'm the second best shooter in the world. Only Steph Curry is a better shooter than me. And Clay took it personal, and I remember this scene of him after they beat the Grizzlies one point last year, grumbling off the court, like, oh, really, you know, second best shooter in the world? Uh, I thought second best shooter in the world. And it's just it's just funny because it kind of, you know, gets grouped into the theme of the night of, of, of the Warriors just kind of scoffing at the Grizzlies in a lot of ways uh, and, and how much they've publicly talked about how good they believe they are, which, you know, there, there's a respect level, too, with it. I mean, you remember after game six, they beat the Grizzlies in six, and it was a tough game six even without Moran. And, like, there was yeah. kind of a lot of love post-series. Oh, yeah. But, um, but you know, there's also still a lot of, like, you can tell with the Warriors, like, eye-rolling. Like, you're talking a little bit too much for, for, you know, people who haven't done it. But to your point, you know, what is, Bain at one point was, like, one of – nine I think shooting I mean he's just recently off an injury and honestly in the playoff series last year huge factor was Desmond Bain was really cold all series and he was dealing with like back spasms I believe at the time 
Um, but he has not been good against the Warriors. Like I watch a lot of Desmond Bain games on TV where he's awesome, but I'm not sure I've been to a great Desmond Bain game because I just don't think he's that. He has not been that good against the Warriors. Yeah, nah, they. It's there's a team. If anybody's prepared for Desmond Bain, it's got to be the Warriors. They can just do what teams do to Stephen Clay. But that's a, that's a significant like hole in the offense. The reason is, and I, I I still I will say this till I'm blue in the face. Dylan Brooks is their problem. <laughs> like the 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 issue was, I mean obviously Josh's gonna get his. The words have basically said like Josh's gonna get his. Like that 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 can't kill you until like late in the game. Take away Bane, it puts Dylan Brooks into the role of having to be a scorer. And that is exactly what the Warriors want. And Dylan, like, especially if Jordan Poole hits a shot, they start talking, he's gonna go for it, right? He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna feel himself and he's gonna he's probably going to shoot the shoot the uh the Grizzlies well, into so a spot. This it started the night with maybe my bet, my one of my favorite, you know, I guess trash talk back and forth of the night was Poole does hit a few early threes, big ones, you know, when his threes going, he's so tough to guard. One of them was step back, but one of them was right in Dylan Brooks's face, and he's coming back down the court, really kind of in Dylan Brooks' ear about it, and then he's from the front side, and Steph Curry from the back side, and his long green like trench coat suit thing he was wearing. Did you see that where they Poole and Curry at the same time from different sides were yelling at Brooks. But then Brooks hits the wing three right in front of Joe Lacob and yells something over it. I mean, I don't know if it was directed at Joe Lacob, but the Joe and Nicole Lacob definitely took it that way and, like, got up and were telling the referee, like, he can't do that. Um, but I think what you're trying to say is, like, Dylan Brooks hitting a couple early threes and, and getting in a little sparring match with Poole and Lacob and Curry, like, that can be a good thing. For the Warriors. Yeah, hell yeah, it, it definitely helps the Warriors because they're fine with Dylan Brooks, try, Dylan Brooks trying to beat them. Uh, I think they'll just live with it. Some games he'll get rolling and he'll be good offensively, but generally he won't. <laughs> and he he'll just get into those little matches, right, where he's doing too much, and then he gets into foul trouble. So they th- that kind of set the tone for the night, and then obviously. You know, got Dante DiVincenzo was just incredible, right? Like he was just, he was exactly what they needed in the first half. He was, he played Ja and made kept Ja honest, even though it was like you know he dropped twenty two. He forced him to go inside. I, I just, I, I feel like they've figured out the defensive scheme they need to go with, and I, it's probably tough to execute on a you know night in night out basis. You're talking about against any team. Against any team, it's they they were just trying to take away the threes and force them inside, and then force them to take contested shots inside. But if people get hot from two, it doesn't kill you in the way people get hot from three does. Like you can live, especially if the Warriors are gonna shoot three. Marcus and off the bat, they were just taking away the three. I forget. Do you- what do you think about the corner three? Are you okay if, if the team <laughs> gives up the corner three? Um, <laughs> this is my AAU coaching me. But they did it in the first 
they started to get that way. Clay was fighting over every screen. Dante was fighting. The only person they were giving threes to was Ja. <laughs> they were like, go ahead, dude. Have your feel, buddy. But I feel like they were engaged. They were locked in. It put Kaminga in a good situation. Like having to, like, all right, you're going to just be on the ball. You're going to chase the ball. You're going to fight over screens. Moody, like, there's no ambiguity about it, right? And then it's like, all right, if you can finish over Kavan, if you can finish over Draymond, all right, you earned you earned a tough two. Like, like go with that. First quarter, Grizzlies won in the paint, fourteen to two. Like that don't that don't kill you though. Like it just they were it just don't kill you. They were seven or fourteen. It just doesn't kill you. The threes kill them. It like literally breaks their back, and now it's a forty point game. So you know, to me, that's what I thought immediately watching like Clay just all over Desmond Bain. He couldn't get a shot up. Like that, I, I that figured that out. And then if you go inside, they have this new revelation that came alive today. Like you got to finish over that one too. Like you know, start throwing a seven foot two guy out there and just put your arms up. They were so happy about that boy. Yeah. By the way, Desmond Bain is like a good matchup for Clay, right? Like a slower, oh, bigger yeah. guard. Who, yeah, just trying to get a shot off. He's not trying to blow by it. No really, question. You know. No question. Uh. So, uh, let's. I mean, let's get, talk about the young guys. I mean, look, Wiseman. It's like. He played eight minutes. He's, he didn't hey, make a shot. Hey, wasn't this like Kamiga? This is exactly like that Kamiga game, right? Remember yeah, Kamiga didn't do anything? Yeah, it was just like, oh, Kamiga was great. He didn't even take a shot. He was great. This this is how they were after on Wiseman, and he didn't take a shot. By the way, they missed an open Wiseman like seven times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I sat down with Kerr in New York and, like, really kind of went through what their whole, you know, the reason, in their opinion, that, like, they it's been very difficult to get James Wiseman on the floor anymore in the rotation has been, like, just the, the lack of ability to get stops with him on the floor because of how important the center position is and how novice he is at guarding NBA action pick and rolls, you know, but beyond pick and rolls, just like, you know, back cuts or horn sets where he's guarding the big man at the elbow. And he's just, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, anybody who, who, who like is truly watching the game has seen all of like the, the defensive foibles that he's had. Um, but he came back from Santa Cruz. He had a good final couple games with the Santa Cruz Warriors. And then he came back and he had the Utah game where he only played the first half like four or five minutes, but he did some nice stuff. And then in the Philly game, they lost it, but he, he played like some hard and Montrez Harrell pick and rolls pretty good. And they said after the game, they're like, honestly, like every single defensive possession, he was where he needed to be right place. Like kind of, you could tell he was more aware out there. And then you had the disaster against the Knicks. And then by the time he got into the Nets game, it was like a pick, you know, a pickup game where they were down 30. He scores 30 points, but it was like, yeah, cool. He scored 30, but, you didn't learn much defensively. Tonight, you, you like Memphis, Christmas, hometown team, you thought he might be a little jittery. He was super focused. The whole team was focused. But to see him execute the way he did defensively on, like, several possessions, there was even one possession where him and Kaminga, like, properly switched and then switched back on John Moran, like, forced a John Moran turnover. It was like, where did that come from? Again, eight minutes. But that wasn't encouraging eight minutes. 
Oh, they 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 were raving about it. Well, just to put put it in a little bit of perspective, uh, he played eight minutes, right? But did you see his plus minus? It was what plus he, eight? Is that right? Plus, plus yeah, he was plus eight, plus eight and eight minutes. That was just the third time this season he's been a plus, which is wild when you think about it. The, the four, fifth game of the season, he was plus two. Two games later, the seventh game of the season, he was plus nine, and he hasn't been plus. This is the first time he's been a positive, like on the scoreboard when he's in the game. And that is a sign of him being in the right place defensively. Like, that was so critical. You could tell. He's been working on positioning, where to go, where to be, where to stand, get there. And he's not even really trying to block that much. He's kind of just trying to get his hands up. The one thing he is kind of still doing a little bit is, like, jumping out of position to try to block as a help defender. And it's like leaving the guy behind him open. He had a couple of those. But you can tell he's just trying to get into the right position. I just, and it's not messing up their defense. Like, we, like uh, it, it, it's it's – they're able to function without it. In the locker room, I I don't know where everybody was, but before Wiseman left, he stopped at Jordan Poole's locker. You know the you know Poole was ejected, so he didn't really talk, but he was talking to Wiseman, and you could just he, he was just telling Wiseman like I told you, like, bro, you are mountain. Like they they if they gotta shoot over you, it's just gonna be harder. All you gotta do is be in position, and if they gotta shoot over you, it's just harder. But just because you're there, he would just tell them, like, I told you, if you just be there, like, you like you, you make it hard for them just being there. And it was, like, all this positive reinforcement that he played, you know, really well just by being in the right position. And well, they need to – They it's part of what they're doing right now is trying to convince him, like, hey, you scored 30 against the Nets, but you played better tonight and you didn't take a shot. Like, this was a better performance. And, like, you know, I just – James Wiseman grew up as a scorer, right? You know, his good games growing up were like, I scored 30 tonight. Number one. Number two, Jay, can you just imagine the type of shot blocks he had against, like, random middle schooler in Nashville, Tennessee, and, like, you know, oh, yeah. sophomore from, like, some lower level, like, you know. It's like you got to kind of break those habits a little bit where suddenly it's like, no, you know, just, like, kind of getting good positioning, cat and mouse, like, protect against the lob and um, – you know, it felt like him being able to have that type of eight minutes even is, like, far away, like, you know, because they're such at the beginning stages, and, and they still are, but it's, like, to, to see it not even just, like, you know, against the Hornets in a couple of days, but to see it against Memphis, a really long, active, athletic Memphis team, uh, that's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, he's going to have to keep duplicating it. And, I, okay, this is... I was thinking about it tonight. Jermichael Green's in health and safety protocols. He's still not with the team. I don't know if he's still in New York or not. I know he was in the New York hotel for a while. He's going to be back, I assume, relatively soon. Um, after you see those eight minutes from James Wiseman, if Jermichael Green does show up soon, do you keep James Wiseman in the rotation? Because that's that, that he's, he played the Jermichael Green minutes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I think you got to give him some of them just because of like what he can do defensively. I think the matchup dictates it. Uh, size was just a problem. They were really trying to not get dominated on the board. Weissman had five rebounds really in eight minutes, but it was really in like his first five minutes. Uh, so I, I do think it depends on what they want, if they need somebody to kind of stretch and be a little quicker. But I do feel like, especially as long as Steph is out, hey, man, throw, throw, try him out. Give him five. Right? Give him five and just make him earn the next five, like kind of how they did Kaminga. And if and, he's playing you, well, you then could, he can do it. You, you can tell with him early, right? He's one of those players like, you probably don't even need to give him five. Like you can give him like three up and backs. Yeah, and three like, yeah, over there. Yeah, <laughs> like he just how is he moving defensively? Is he like lost out there? Like you could tell right, like pretty much right away tonight. You're like, oh, okay. You know, he's he's kind of got it. He's fo- like got a level of focus and comfort out there. Um, you also see when it snowballs with him, right? I mean, when he makes one mistake, usually it, it compounds and compounds. So yeah, he kind of like a one stint, one quick stint and decide if you want to go back to him. Um, I, I feel like he should get that. I mean, you got two more weeks without Steph, so you might as well use the, use this time. And, and if, they, if they're playing like bigs, like legit bigs, or, or if they're playing people who drive and you just want to have a presence in the middle, teams that kind of pack, you know, attack the paint, like it makes sense to try him. And hey, you know, they might even give him the ball here and there. <laughs> you know, that, that that would probably help the situation if they tied jump Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome may stop getting in his bag for, for a second or two to uh, throw a lob, maybe. Maybe. Ty Jerome was good tonight, by the way. Very I thought Ty, he was yeah. great. He was great tonight. It was he was he was not only he was clutch, but he was just under control. And I feel like against Memphis, like that mattered. The thing that worked against Poole is, you know, I was trying to ask Steve about it, but he got a little bit too into the matchup and started getting getting out of control. He was so in control early, and then his shot started betraying him because he was, like, he he was kind of playing into their hands, and they they do that, you know, they'll they'll speed you up. They're physical. They foul a lot, you know, and he was, you know, trying to get calls, and you know, like he was he just he kind of played the Dylan Brooks game a little bit too much, but Ty Jerome just brought a lot of poise to the situation. Dante did it too in the first in the first quarter and, and Draymond like was really good at it. You can't you can't you gotta you kinda gotta like match their intensity but like still be like the professional kind of calm ones against them. Because they'll get out of control. And if you get out of control too, like you start playing their game. That's why Ty Jerome was he was perfect for what they needed because he just takes his he's basically like Tyus Jones is for them. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Uh, he biggest sequence of the night. I think the the lead had gone down to I don't know five, six, something like that. And Ty Jerome comes in right after he enters in sixty five seconds. Bit like deep wing three, mid ranger. I think it was like late clock, kind of like a bad possession that he just hits a mid ranger, and then he hits another three. I mean, it was eight points a second, and it was like. Gave them breathing room again. And to be that honest, second three, though, he was Wiseman, talking. Yeah, he was. 
Um, a lot of talking tonight, which we can get to. But um, the the wider scope on it, like Ty Jerome's been like a really good two way contract. Like they re they reconfigured their two ways before the season, and I think we questioned it. It, it seemed on at the time, obviously no Quindary. Man, I wanted Pat Spencer or Quindary Weatherspoon. I'm just gonna be on the record of what I wanted. Yeah, but you know Anthony Lamb's hitting. Three threes tonight. And again, like, I'm like roster construction wise, you still got Patrick Baldwin, you know, doing nothing really on the back end of the roster. Ryan Rollins, you got an empty 15th. You have DeAndre Iguodala situation. So I'm not sitting here saying, like, oh, what use into the back of the roster? I'm certainly not saying that. But I just, like, Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb have pretty steadily given at least capable minutes. And They've really needed that because of how empty parts of their roster have been. And it's their experience that matters, right? Like, that's that's what matters, especially when you're playing with Draymond and with Steph and with Clay. Like, you just can't be out there not knowing where to be, not knowing just how to flow with it. Like, there was one play, you know, I think it was his 10th point, right, <laughs> of the quarter. Uh, Ty Jerome was coming down, and it's like a two-on-one. And I forgot who the other person was. It might have been Moody. And there's one defender. And he just like kind of slow playing it. Like like what you like what the defender gonna do. And he ends up getting like a layup. But he wasn't rushing. He was reading. He was he he played it perfectly and got like the easiest layup of the night because he was using the threat of the pass off. And it was just like that type of play is from somebody who's just like, just know what they're doing on the court. And that's, to me, is the difference. Like, they just know. Now now, to, now you're speaking Steve Kerr's language. I know, right, right. He's, yeah, that is, that's exactly what Steve Kerr's talking about. <laughs> he's an organizer. Uh, yeah. Uh, so how about the fireworks of the night? You know, just, like, a lot of chirping. Like, their disdain for Dylan Brooks is, like, so obvious, as we talked about a little bit earlier. But you know, punctuated with the Clay Tom. What did you think when you saw the Clay Thompson Tom? I was like, I like jaw agape a little bit. I was like, wow, he's really, he's I, I really was going very, for it. At first, I thought he was like yelling at him, saying something. I was like, wow, Clay is bad. Like that was wild. And then just to see the replay of him, just basically kind of like making fun of him. I was like, what? What, what is, was he? So was he like trying to? Doing? Was he trying to like? Because Dylan Brooks had crashed into somebody on the contest and he was stumbling down. It was like a long stumble. It looked like Clay was like mimicking the stumble, kind of. It was, I don't it was, know what he was doing. He was just like standing over him, doing some kind of like seagull move with his neck. I don't know. It was, I mean, it, it was, you know, par for the course. It was like a very Clay like version of taunting. I thought he was yelling at him from our seats when he yeah, was like, Yeah, I agree. Saying something, but when I see the replay, he's saying, I'm like, he's not even saying anything. He's just like kind of clowning him. It was just, it was wild. Talking in the locker room, though, there's a few people who were like, I bet Clay, 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 uh, made a whole lot of the NBA happy. <laughs> was the common reference. There's a lot, of, I bet mean, a lot of people would like to see Clay do that to Dylan Brooks, you know, because he's, you know, got such a reputation as an irritant. But, to me, I looked over just, at Steph. I looked over at Steph in the aftermath of that. He was like looking up at the screen a little bit because they were replaying, and he was cracking up. I mean, because you mentioned a lot of the up. NBA enjoyed that. 
Uh, Steph Curry. One of one of them Dylan was Brooks. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, uh I, so I, I'm right about it though. Like I do think, like in in a, in a very weird way, like they should be thankful for Memphis. Like Memphis is good for them because at, at like even and you know this stuff is is being passed down to the young people. Like you know, I was talking to Kaminga about it. Like you could tell he ain't a fan of Memphis. And then I remembered. You know, didn't Ja tell him something about like you, you know, you ain't ready yet, or you need to grow, play a little bit more or something? So he was kind of into it. He was great on Ja, and he was just great defensively, just kind of flying right. around. He did. Ja did yeah. tweet something about like you know, basically. Yeah, Kaminga said oh. something, right? And then Ja was saying like, like you ain't been around enough, like you know, wait, your, take your time or wait your turn or something like. He said something. Yeah, but, but so I'm talking to Kamiga tonight. I'll figure it out, like, because he was like, "Hey, you know, he's not that much older than me. Like, we're basically around the same age, so we're gonna be going at each other for a long time." And I'm like, "That's a that's an unusual thing to say." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's because uh, Ja tried to son him. Like, he <laughs> he, he yeah. remembered that. He he remembered that. You know, he he you can tell he didn't want to kind of get into the fray." Like he didn't want to have a quote about it, but I, I was like, oh, that's right. You were you definitely into the job back there, but he was all in him and his athleticism and length. Like if if Jock can beat the, if Jock can beat the first person too easily, like he's gonna beat like he's gonna get to the hole. Like it's just what he does. But you just don't want him to get there too easily, right? Like <laughs> Kaminga makes him work to get around, and that. That might be something for later. I don't, I'm not going to call this a GP2 role, but it's definitely something they can throw at John. That's how Steve used it. You actually mentioned an important name there that I wanted to get to because I think that, you know, a lot of, like, especially what we saw today is like, oh, yeah, you know, quotes in the media and John comes out this week. I think he was talking to Malika Andrews and was like, you know, I'm not worried about anybody in the West or, what you know, whatever the exact quote was. And a lot of it I'm is. I'm fine in the West. I'm yeah. fine in the West. <laughs> uh, so a lot of it is like that. But I think we're like, there is a, a little bit more bad blood. And particularly at Dylan Brooks is the fact that like his foul on Gary Payton pissed the Warriors off more than I have seen them. Like they were truly upset about how bad a foul that was and the result of that foul. And like at the time, the belief that like you may have ruined him the season. Yeah. Cost him the season number one and cost Gary Payton. They, you know, the, the idea was like maybe Gary Payton's like elbows really jacked up and like his career trajectory that he was about to get his only payday and you ruined that maybe. Obviously, he didn't ruin that, but like that part of it, I think, like probably doesn't get discussed enough in like this idea of like the Warriors not liking them. I do think that's a big part of like the, the animosity. Uh, I also think. And it's obviously not the same type of thing. I think, like, the Grizzlies knocking him out of the play-in is a part of it, too. For <laughs> sure. I think that was For like, sure. yeah, like, we don't like these dudes because they beat us on our home floor. I just think they need the Grizzlies. Like, Clay, Clay needs that little extra something. Right, like, like, especially the way the season is going, and and Boston provided it too. Like, it was like a clear example. Like, 
those, those things matter. I, they 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 have to dig a little deeper because like they've won four championships and you know they they're clearly big on reputation and and, and validation and here's this like young team coming to say we coming for you, right? And so from that sense, I just think it helps them to have that uh, uh, regular threat there. And, and, and because the way the, the Grizzlies are, because they do so much talking, because they're so, like, braggadocious about it, right? And, and like, you know, Ja's philosophy is clearly it's better if you – say what you're about to do, then do it, and then to wait for you to do it and then say something. Uh, like, it helps keep them, like, it puts them on guard. It keeps them honest. Like, Draymond is, you know, you can tell he's up for those games. Obviously, you know, Steph, you know, with the whole job thing, I, I just feel like it keeps them young. It, it gives them, like, a, a, a way to, like, dig deeper and, like they're young players, these young guys are cutting their teeth in this type of environment. Remember, like they played in the playoffs a little bit, but not a lot. These type of games matter. Like the way they were playing, the way them young dudes, like Moody and them were playing, like and I was asking them about it in the locker room, like they knew, like, yo, Clay wanna win this. <laughs> Draymond wanna win this. We need to we got we you know what I'm saying? We gotta do that. And like that's that's good for them in the long run, even though they don't like it. Uh, but I do think they do like them. I think they like John. I think they respect John. They think he's great. They're just like it's not your time yet, but man, you gonna have your time. Before the game, I was standing courtside, and Draymond finished his workout and he left the court, and John was sitting on the sidelines. And he was going over film with one of his assistants, and Draymond stopped and gave him a hug and was talking to John's dad who was sitting right there. And it was like a whole post-game type of situation, but it was pre-game. And you just don't really see that, right? You don't see the pumps and circumstance before the game, but I do think there's a level of they know these dudes are coming, but they also want to be like not on our own. So, I just think I think it's good for them like in a way that I don't know, for Boston it's just Grant Williams talking, right? And that's not really... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's not really that don't get you up a level. It's just like, man, who's this guy? But when when Josh starts talking and Memphis is talking, I think they know they got to straighten up for that because if they don't, the dudes are not only they might win, but you know they'll never shut up if they ever beat you in the series. Good for the league, by the way, too. I mean, uh, you know, like they needed a good Christmas game today. The slate wasn't that good. The Warriors game lost a lot of juice because no Steph, but. You know, the internet, I'm sure, enjoyed all the histrionics fireworks, as Clay called it. And, like, that's just, it's it's good. Like, the league needs this type of open animosity uh, that isn't, you know, it's not, they're not fighting on the court. Have they even had, like, a scuffle? Like, they haven't even, which is interesting about this, right? I mean, like, I, I can't even remember, like, even one of those stop the game refs come in and break it up. I mean, there's yeah. conversation. Yeah. It's, but um, it's just you know, like it's just like something happens and then people complain about the yeah. other team, right? It's just like oh, they're complaining, oh, they're complaining about this. It's just it's all like kind of indirect instead of like the usual getting your face got to be separated, you know. Nobody, yeah. no, Ja isn't talking about anybody on the board catching hollows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I want to talk about Draymond quick. I just, you know, 13 rebounds, 13 assists, um, but just smart game from him. Obviously energized. Uh, I, you know, I led with his uh, play, you know, it's the first eight seconds of the third quarter coming out of half. Jaron Jackson only plays like, what, like nine first half minutes because he has three fouls. You guarantee, you know, Memphis is only now five at half because they had the Tyus Jones 6-0 run right there. You're coming out of half, like, in a dangerous spot, I thought, for the Warriors. And I'm sure part of any, like, locker room conversation is Jaron Jackson, you're vitally important. Do not get a fourth foul. First play of the, you know, eight seconds into the third quarter, Draymond comes up for a DHO with DiVincenzo. Jaron Jackson's guarding him with his arm out. He just does a fake DHO right into Jaron Jackson's arm. He had it where he shouldn't be. Flails away a little bit, but, you know, it's going to be called. Jaron Jackson immediately gets subbed out, and then he looks down at the Memphis bench and goes four. And he know, I mean, he just – he was going for it. And, he like, it – Draymond didn't talk post game. I wanted to ask him about that play. Like, are you coming out of the locker room going, I'm going to get Jaron Jackson's foul right away? I'm not sure. Maybe the, the – possession just materialized that way but you know he knows how important Jaron Jackson is you know he wants Jaron Jackson off the floor because very difficult to finish over him um and he just went and got him off the floor and it's just that it's not only that type of stuff that shows uh what type of game Draymond had tonight and the focus he had but also like why the Warriors remain a step ahead or at least did in the last year's playoffs a step ahead of the Grizzlies they're not as you know athletically talented obviously young big fast but like just the the brain aspects of the game sometimes yeah you that's that's the kryptonite and i think the warriors know they have that advantage and you like and that that's the part where they kind of feel like hey man just be quiet like because there's another part of winning that has nothing to do with like athleticism and talent and I mean, like, just like I said, like, Memphis is good for the Warriors. Like, the Warriors are good for Memphis if they ever just learn the lessons, right? Like, they're they're getting schooled in a way that if they paid attention to it, if they if they grew from it, they they <laughs> they'll be a problem. I mean, the Warriors had to go through it too. They had to get cooked by San Antonio, right? They had to they they had to learn from the Clippers, and if you learn those lessons, you get better. But they it feels like they spent so much more time and they've already got it in their head that they're superior, that they're not figuring out why they can't beat them, right? Or why they're having a hard time. I mean, they can beat them in a game. It's a little bit in a series why they going, such a problem. Boston's kind of going through it a little bit too, but Boston, you know, we'll see. But Boston does seem to be taking the lessons more reasonably, you know, than Memphis. Like, you know, Jason's listen to Jason Tatum just talk about, you know, the mental side of it and, and, you know, this, the experience that he felt in the finals and why he felt like the Warriors, like, you know, were able to beat them. We'll see, but it is, it is interesting. It is, right? Like, uh, you definitely feel better about Boston's chances to get it, but, I mean, even, like, Josh talking, but, you know, you could tell, like, he won't say it, at least not yet anyway, but he's learned some of those lessons. I mean, if you just look at his his numbers, if you watch him play, you can see it, but, like, like he started the year shooting the three ball, like, better than he ever had. Like, you know, he's obviously, he's come back to earth, but you could tell he was in the gym all 
summer, all summer shooting threes. Like, yo, like I gotta be ready to do this. And he's taking more threes, so he ends up, you know, making more. But I think, I, but he was really hot early to start. I, I just feel like the cerebral part of their game. I think they're just right now. They're just too, I guess, basketball arrogant to uh to learn those lessons but when they do when they actually do they're they're gonna be incredible maybe they have in the playoffs would be different but I, I just feel like as long as they're trying to prove the superiority that they claim they have it, it's just gonna be tough and that that includes taylor jenkins too by the way it's not just the players like i feel like some of this is taylor jenkins <laughs> you know with like i mean they almost have to be this way this is what makes the memphis right this is part of it but there's just a whole other parts of the game. Like, I mean, in all reality, like you should you shouldn't be getting stunned by this version of Clay Thompson. But here they are. Like, you can't you can't be talking about like yo, we're finding a wet and then Ty Jerome picks you. But they can get out of sorts because they're so busy trying to prove what they are saying. And you know, like that to mark to me is the part they got to figure out. And they they still might if they ever do. They're, they're gonna be such a huge problem. Yeah, for, from a Warriors perspective in the immediate, like, you know, it's you, you got a big win. This should be a boost heading into this big home stand, but you can go give it right back against Charlotte. Yeah, but it know. won't because it wasn't all an animosity. <laughs> they need LaMelo to start talking. Yeah, right. But, that, I mean, that's the big thing. Like, we're going to learn in the next really probably three games, like, is this – Will, will we point back to this as like a kind of a turnaround type game, or does it is it just whatever? You you had a nice win like you did against Boston, and then you stunk for the next six games. So it's Charlotte uh, and a back to back against the Jazz, and then the Blazers. Like it's three winnable games. These next three now, I you know Wiggins' status sounds a little up in the air. You know he's kind of slow to return from this groin injury. Obviously no Steph. So is, every game is really like difficult. Like if they're not locked in they can lose any game easily. So uh, we'll see. But, yeah, this is pivotal, pivotal point in the uh, calendar for them. And Marcus will probably talk later in the week, I assume. Oh, yeah, we will. We're on it. This is a big eight-game stretch. Uh, and these games, again, I mean, I guess you would say it like bad teams. I mean, these are – they're not must wins, but they're must wins. <laughs> like, like if, if you're on this roster and you want to stay with the Warriors, you need to win this game. Yeah. You need to win these games. <laughs> I mean, the Hornets are 9 and 24. Like, you should not be losing to them at home. Yeah. All right. Well, we will talk to you later in the week.